Hello, Burlington, and welcome to Net Zero Energy. I'm Jennifer Green, Director of Sustainability for the City of Burlington, where our goal is to reduce and eventually eliminate fossil fuel usage. We have Ingrid Malgram here with us today. Ingrid is the Policy Director of Plug-in America, which is a nonprofit. So tell us what Plug-in America does, Um, Ingrid. So Plug-in America is a national nonprofit, and we're dedicated to accelerating the shift to plug-in electric vehicles. Uh, We do this to reduce our nation's dependence on petroleum, improve air quality, support equity, and reduce greenhouse gas emissions. So you live in Burlington, though, is that right? Yes, we're spread out after COVID. So our main location, we started out in L.A. And so after COVID, we gave up our offices and began hiring more people remotely. And so now we're all over the country. We have folks working out of Chicago, Atlanta, Texas, Arizona. So we're pretty spread out. Yeah, nice. How big is the team? So there's only like 20 of us, which is amazing because... uh, my first staff meeting that I attended, people were talking about all this stuff that they had done in the last two weeks. And it was just unbelievable that such a small staff can have such a big impact. Yeah, I get that sense only because you hear a lot about Plug in America, or at least I do in the context of BED and our transition away from fossil fuels in the ground transportation sector. So I know you're a you know, pretty serious player. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's really well designed. We do a lot of education and outreach. We sponsor National Drive Electric Week and have been doing that for quite a long time, many, many years. So we've been educating consumers, educating dealers, and we also do research. We conduct surveys of EV drivers to understand what their pain points are, what they love about it, and provide that feedback. You talked about your work with the consumer, Yes. Or the driver. Yes. But of course, you know, the other side of the coin are the dealers. What does Plug in America do in support of dealers? We have a PlugStar dealer training where dealers and dealerships get certified in selling EVs. We have an on-demand with a bunch of video modules, and we also do in-person training. Historically, we've found that one of the barriers to EV adoption is that dealers are used to selling gas cars, and they don't know anything about electric cars. We have trained dealers all over the country and continue to do that to make sure that they have the resources they need to feel confident in selling EVs. It does demonstrate in an increase in EV sales for those dealers and dealerships. And it does seem like dealers who sell EVs sell a lot of EVs. Like they really get a reputation. They get them from the OEMs or the auto manufacturers, send a lot of EVs their way. And Burlington area is a great place for that because there's consistently been a lot of demand. One of the things you talked about before we got started was your emphasis, and I think both you personally, but also Plug in America on equity. Yes. What does that mean in the context of your work? There are so many benefits from electric vehicles, and we really want to make sure electric vehicles um, get into the hands of the people who they'll benefit the most. So um, we're focusing a lot on multifamily housing. We work hard to make sure that there's tax credits on both used and new electric vehicles. Um, Vermont has some great programs, the Mileage Smart program. We do focus a lot on equity and making sure that the benefits of electric vehicles, the low operating, low and consistent operating costs, and the lack of need for frequent repairs and maintenance um, get to people who will get the most benefit out of that. Also, the air quality issues. So in the same breath, you also talked about multi-unit dwellings. So what's the connection between equity, multi-unit dwellings, 
and EVs or EV charging? There's two things, both convenience and cost. So if if you live in a single family house, you will likely pay your utility rate. Or if you're lucky, like in, you live in BED's territory, you would only pay $0.08 cents a kilowatt hour if you charge off peak at night, which is fantastic. It's so much less than paying for gasoline. But if you can't charge at home, either you're a renter and you don't, you can't install a charger, or you live in an apartment house and you don't have um, parking that's off street, then you're likely to have to charge using public chargers, which typically cost three or more times as much as charging at home. So the last thing we want is to have people who already are lower wealth households having to pay more for transportation. They already pay disproportionately more of their income and household wealth and transportation costs. Their burden is already higher. The last thing we want to do is exacerbate that. We also talked a little bit about some of the codes that you're working on or that you support. Can you talk about some of the most exciting code work that you see happening? (laughs) So most of it seems to be happening right here in Vermont, but also in California. So energy codes where... There are requirements for having EV ready. So whenever you build a new building, particularly multifamily housing, that you would have a requirement of a percent of the units or a percent of spaces that would be EV ready. So who are you seeing? Who who are you impacting most, do you think? So it's a little bit of everything. And we recently on our website, pluginamerica.org, we recently published a codes toolkit that has a whole bunch of information, a whole bunch of background, some model policy, and just sort of best practices so that people can access that wherever. There's a slide deck so that at city council meetings or wherever somebody could present this information and educate people in their communities about building codes and electrification EVs. What have you found to be the biggest challenges in your work in terms of sort of moving the needle on EV adoption? At the federal level, EVs have become really politicized. Mm. And it's really sad because there are just so many benefits from electric drive transportation. And it's really a shame that they've become so politicized. So that's definitely a barrier we're constantly fighting to make sure that rulemakings aren't rolled back for CAFE standards, greenhouse gas emissions in light-duty vehicles. That's definitely a challenge. Leave us with something optimistic, or what? Are you, what are you seeing that's that gives you hope? And yeah, so it's awesome to see that Vermont is really a leader in a lot of policy areas, which isn't surprising. Yeah, I've lived in Vermont for a long time, and it's historically been a leader in a lot of policy areas, including in electric vehicles. So that's great to see. And globally, I mean, EVs are just taking off globally. I know that politically, um, they're somewhat fraught in the United States, but if you look globally. Europe's at like 25%. China's at 35% of sales. Norway's over 90%. Costa Rica's ahead of us. Like EVs are taking off around the world. And so it's a great opportunity for us. Then also I would add that at the federal level, there are both incentives and regulations. So they've done a great job, this administration, with both sticks and carrots. So we have greenhouse gas um, emission standards and light-duty vehicles, We have CAFE standards. We have all these rulemakings and process. But on the other hand, we have tons of money, billions of dollars in infrastructure, billions of dollars in tax credits. So 
So it's exciting. It's an exciting time, and there's a lot happening. On the website, which I was reviewing before you came in today, I saw a call out to college students. We had an awesome intern this summer from UNH, and he basically put together a toolkit so that college students can start EV associations on their campuses. So it's something he did at UNH, and he reached out to other campuses around the country and put together materials so that, you know, sort of to formalize the process and make it really easy to begin tips, techniques, when to order pizza, when to feed people, (laughs) how to work with administrators at the university or college. He put together a great toolkit. So as kids are off at school this fall, if they're interested in starting up an EV association on their campus, there's a lot of resources they should access. Well, that's cool. That's definitely unique. I mean, I've seen a lot of different (laughs) materials on a lot of different websites, but that really um, struck a chord with me. So that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ingrid, thank you so much for coming in. Ingrid Malgram, the Policy Director of Plug-in America, we so appreciate you being here. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. Thank you again for listening to Net Zero Energy. If you have any questions about this podcast or what BED offers regarding incentives, rebates, or technological support, look for us at burlingtonelectric.com or call us at 802-865-7300. You can also follow us on Facebook. We're always here to help and look forward to engaging with you on our mutual path to Net Zero Energy. Thank you.